Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. Today, what we're going to go through, we've talked about spinal pathways um, and we've talked about the sensory pathways. This time we're talking about the motor pathways. Yeah. So sensory would be from, you get sensations and it goes from the periphery up into the cortex. This time with the motor pathway, the main difference is that they start from the cortex and then it's about communicating actions down into the periphery. Exactly, and that's how you get muscle movement Mm. from that. Before we talk about it though, we need to, this episode is going to be mainly dedicated to the brain regions Mm. um, involved in communicating that pathway, and in our subsequent episode we'll explore some of the tracks. Similar sort of method that we've used Mm. for um, the sensory pathway, I think it makes a little bit more sense to Mm. break it into smaller chunks. Yes. So, what are some brain regions? Well, the, the, I think the more, most important one is the primary motor cortex. You guys might see that as M1 in some textbooks as well, mm-hmm. or they might be given um, Brodmann's areas as well. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the motor co- uh, cortex or the primary motor cortex. So what does it do? Yeah, well, the primary motor cortex, you can call it the main output to the spinal cord. And, you know, previously I thought, you know, that's the only region mm-hmm. that's involved. Yeah. But there's actually a lot of different regions that are required to actually synthesize an information uh, to for you to actually execute voluntary movement, but then you've got in the primary motor cortex you've got a distinctly mapped out region where you know near the midline of the 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 brain you've got like the lower limbs and legs, yep. whereas compared to the outer part uh, of the of the brain you've got more of the facial muscles and the arms as well. So if you cut the brain in half, so a coronal mm-hmm. section, yep. the more lateral Mm-hmm. part of that region is going to be coding for the um, for the facial and upper limb and the yep. more central so close to the central mm-hmm. um the um the folk cerebri mm-hmm. you're going to have more of the legs and limbs yes this is really interesting because if you have a stroke in a particular part of the brain that means you might lose some of your sen- uh, facial yep. functions but you might still have your limbs intact yes so just keep that in the back of your mind it's a really important distinction that you make relevant, yeah. you also mentioned that there are you know like when i first started learning about this area i always thought that primary motor cortex was the only thing but yeah. what are some of the other cortex i think there's the pre-motor which is really important yeah. as well what does that do so the pre-motor you can think from the names so i'm using the name to help me memorize what it actually does so it's more to do with the intent of the movement and preparation of doing the movement so Apparently, so like they start firing. They when you do like an fMRI and you look at the brain, you notice this region lights up before a motor motor function mm. is triggered. Yeah. So they fire, 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 and maybe that's just prepping up to think that okay, what I'm going to do now is to move my hand. And the moment you actually execute and move your hand, that region actually dies off. Exactly. It's really interesting. And I think it becomes really active. So when you imagine, so let's say you're in an fMRI machine and they get you to imagine that you're kicking a ball. Mm. When you're imagining that task as well, mm-hmm. that's that region becomes active. So there are some theories that this area could be um, important for um, for learning. And so if you're a budding surgeon and you're looking at mm-hmm. the surgeon performing their task, mm-hmm. or if you're like us learning how to, you know, for example, um, uh, wound sutures, mm-hmm. and you're observing that part of the region apparently becomes quite active. And so you, you know, there's theories that it might be involved with learning these mm-hmm. motor skills as well. There's an important region within this area as well. I think it's the Broca's region. Okay. What does the Broca's region do? We're going to dedicate yeah. an episode on this. Mm, but it's Broca's associated with like communication and actually the physical action of using your muscles and other things to to talk and mm. communicate, um, yeah. express your uh, express your thoughts. Exactly. Mm. So um, just keep in mind that when we talk about the pre area there's also the Broca's area within this area as well there's another area um, just slightly more superior to it and Mm -hmm. that is the supplementary motor area what does a supplementary motor area do well um, some people say that it actually has to do with like um, it actually has to do with sequences and coordination of of the muscle movements yeah within this there's this really important 
area called the frontal eye fields, mm -hmm. and they help direct your visual gaze towards locations of particular interest. Yeah. And I think it helps your eyes from sort of drifting out as well, so that mm -hmm. it keeps your eyes together. So if you have, That's you know, a stroke cool. to this area, then it yeah. can affect how you can co control your eyes. Um, there's also other regions. If you look at it uh, in, in, in any textbook, you can see that it's very close to the cingulate gyrus as well. We haven't mentioned, sorry, the cingulate mm -hmm. sulcus. We haven't really mentioned about the limbic system. Hopefully, we will in a future episode. Yeah. But cingulate sulcus is involved with emotions. We've mentioned it in pain, but it's also thought to maybe be related to... Um, you express so if you're feeling sad this area may be important for actually you expressing that sadness on your face or um having that mm. body language to express it oh, as well cool so it's uh, there, there's theories that it might be important for empathy and may actually facilitate empathy as well yeah there's another region as well this is really interesting the posterior parietal cortex so it's posterior it's on the parietal mm. cortex so the name gives it away what mm. does that do so it's more gives you the awareness of, let's say, your body and its relation to space. It helps you synthesize information such as, you know, where your required destination is located and, you know, helps you use that information to plan out your subsequent actions. Exactly. And you what you need to execute in order to get to that Yeah, location. and it's constant when you're executing... A, a particular movement it's constantly active and it's constantly telling the body so it's receiving information sensory information from the limbs mm -hmm. it's processing it and it's communicating that to the motor areas to tell the, the the motor areas where the limbs are for example and you know where your position is in space mm -hmm. but it plays a lot of different roles as well mm -hmm. um so it's important for when you're searching reaching manipulating and doing all these different things as well and it's constantly active when that motion is in place as opposed to the other areas which turn off as soon as the motion takes place. Mm. I've got to, just going back to the motor cortex, what would happen if, let's say, um, mm -hmm. you lose an arm? Okay. Does the brain restructure itself or is it fa fairly placid? Because I think once you lose, once a part of the, so let's say mm -hmm. the arm doesn't, the part of the cortex involved with the arm doesn't receive input, mm -hmm. it starts to rewire. And so other mm -hmm. areas begin to expand. Mm. And another example would be if you use your hands quite a lot, if you're a surgeon, you're doing micro things, that area, supposedly that area of the primary cortex begins to become more complex oh. and responds to the stimulus. So it's amazing. Okay. It's a very sort of a plastic um, region of the brain. Mm. Um, in our previous episode as well, and we mentioned that yep. in our new, our new cortex episode, we mentioned that the cortex is divided into layers. Can you, I think it's really important for us to mention this again. Otherwise, mm. in our subsequent episodes, it doesn't make a lot of yeah, sense. Let's, let's have a quick recap. So... Mainly the in areas of interest that we're interested in, let's, uh, let's say, are regions 4, 5, and 6 when yeah. it comes to motor, uh, the execution of motor. So area region 4, region 4, they, so the layer 4, they receive input from the thalamus. Um, and region 5, or la layer 5, they are the main outputs that, that the cortex uses to go down to the spine or to the pons or yeah. to the, to the, um, the midbrain. And then region, so sorry, I keep saying region. No, layer six. Yep. Layer six is the main output layer that goes down to the um, thalamus. I think thalamus. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, so just bear in mind that different regions or different layers in the brain mm. have different communications, which makes sense um, because these areas communicate to lots of different area areas of the brain. So the you know we're sort of alluding to the association cortex that we've mentioned in our neocortex episode. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add before we go into the tracks in our subsequent episodes? Not quite, but like I think the the only thing was that I th think there's a bit of a role of the uh, the primary sensory cortex as well in terms of yeah and in, in voluntary movement because as you mentioned and as we alluded to, 
um, you know, you kind of do need a bit of sensory feedback to, to help plan or like quickly change of what, uh, you know, help you compute what, what needs to be done. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, while we're on the topic as well, it's really important to mention that cerebellum is really important as well because cerebellum is that smaller structure just mm. behind the main brain. Yep. And that's really what's smoothing out the motion as well. If yep. you see someone with a disorder of the cerebellum, their movements are really jerky and they're mm. very poorly coordinated. Mm. So just keep in mind that these areas are really important. So when we talk about the cortex, it's really important, but there's also supplementary areas that are super important. So, for example, the substantia nigra, which we'll talk about, you know, an area affected in Parkinson's disease, the cerebellum is really important. Mm. They're all going to be future episodes, I think, but yes. um, just keep that in the back of your mind. Very um, good. Yeah, it's really like at face value when I was learning about this, I thought, oh, this is quite easy. But when you learn more about it, you're like, wow, this is quite complicated. Mm. I don't have anything else to um, add. Mm. And let's, let's call that a day for Yeah. So join us in our next episode where we talk about um, uh, the, the tracks, the, how that information actually gets transmitted and transferred. Mm. It's, going to really, it's going to be really interesting, but hopefully a bit of a shortish episode as well. Yeah. Thanks for joining in, guys. Thanks. See you next time. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer, Gautam, and our core editor, Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.